Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Abandonment to Divine Providence by Jean-Pierre de Caussade, Book 3, Chapter 4, Concerning the Assistance Rendered by the Fatherly Providence of God to Those Souls Who Have Abandoned Themselves to Him. Section 1, Confidence in God. The less the soul in the state of abandonment feels the help it receives from God, the more efficaciously does he sustain it. There is a kind of sanctity in which all the communications of God are luminous and distinct. But in the passive state of pure faith, all that God communicates partakes of the nature of that inaccessible darkness that surrounds his throne, and all ideas are confused and indistinct. The soul, in this state of obscurity, is often afraid, like the prophet of running headlong against a rock. Fear not, faithful soul, for this is your right path and the way by which God conducts you. There is no way more safe and sure than this dark way of faith. But it is so dark that I cannot tell which way to go. Go wherever you please. You cannot lose the way where there is no path. Every way looks the same in the dark. You cannot see the end because nothing is visible. But I am afraid of everything. I feel as if at any moment I might fall over a precipice. Everything is an affliction to me. I well know that I am acting according to abandonment. But it seems to me that there are things I cannot do without acting contrary to virtue. I seem to be so far from all the virtues. The more I wish to practice them, the more remote they seem. I love virtue, but the obscure impressions by which I am attracted seem to keep virtue far away from me. I always give in to this attraction, and although I cannot perceive that it guides me well, I cannot help following it. Following it. The spirit seeks light, but the heart is in darkness. Enlightened persons and those with lucid minds are congenial to my spirit. But when I hear conversations and listen to discourses, my heart understands nothing. Its whole state and way is simply an impression of the gift of faith, which makes it love and appreciate those principles, truths, and paths wherein the spirit has neither object nor idea, and in which it trembles, shudders, and falters. I have an assurance, I do not know how, in the depths of my heart, that this way is right, not by the evidence of my senses, but by a feeling inspired by faith. This is because it is impossible for God to lead a soul without persuading it that the path is a right one, and this with a certainty all the greater the less it is perceived. 
and this certainty is victorious over all censures, fears, efforts, and all imaginations. The mind vainly cries out and seeks some better way. The bride recognizes the bridegroom unconsciously, but when she stretches out her hand to hold him, he disappears. She understands that the spouse to whom she belongs has rights over her, and she prefers to wander without order or method in abandoning herself to his guidance, rather than to endeavor to gain confidence by following the beaten tracks of virtue. Let us go to God, then, my soul, in abandonment, and let us acknowledge that we are incapable of acquiring virtue by our own industry or effort. But let us not allow this absence of particular virtues to diminish our confidence. Our divine guide, would not have reduced us to the necessity of walking if he had not intended to carry us in his arms. What need have we of lights and certainties, ideas and reflections? Of what use would it be to us to see, to know, and to feel when we are no longer walking but being carried in the arms of divine providence? The more we have to suffer from darkness, and the more rocks, precipices, and deserts there are in our way, the more we have to endure from fears, dryness, weariness of mind, anguish of soul, and even despair, and the sight of purgatory and hell, the greater must our confidence and faith be. One glance at him who carries us is sufficient to restore our courage in the greatest peril. We will forget the paths and what they are like. We will forget ourselves and abandon ourselves entirely to the wisdom, goodness, and power of our guide. We will think only of loving him and avoiding all sin, not only that which is evidence, however venial it might be, but even the appearance of evil, and of fulfilling all the duties and obligations of our state. This is the only charge you lay upon your children, O divine love. All the rest you take upon yourself. The more terrible this may be, the more surely can your presence be felt and recognized. Your children have only to love you without ceasing and to fulfill their small duties like children. A child on its mother's lap is occupied only with its games as if it had nothing else to do but to play with its mother. The soul should soar above the clouds, and as no one can work during the darkness of the night, it is the time for repose. The light of reason can do nothing but deepen the darkness of faith. The radiance necessary to disperse it must proceed from the same source as itself. In this state, God communicates himself to the soul as its life. But he is no longer visible as its way and its truth. The bride seeks the bridegroom during the night. She seeks him before her and hurries forward. But he is behind her and holding her with his hands. He is no longer object or idea but principle and source. 
for all the needs, difficulties, troubles, falls, overthrows, persecutions, and uncertainties of souls which have lost all confidence in themselves and their own action. There are secret and inspired resources in the divine action, marvelous and unknown. The more perplexing the circumstances, the keener is the expectation of a satisfactory solution. The heart says all goes well. It is God who carries on the work. There is nothing to fear. That very suspense and desolation are verses in the canticle of darkness. It is a joy that not a single syllable is left out. And it all ends in a gloria patri, glory to the Father. Therefore, we pursue the way of our wanderings, and darkness itself is a light for our guidance. And doubts are our best assurance. The more puzzled Isaac was to find something to sacrifice, the more completely did Abraham place all in the hands of providence and trust entirely to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father de Cossade returns in this section one of chapter four to a distinction he made in the previous chapter. That is, God as the object, God as the idea, God and God's will as something clearly known that we can think about and recognize and go towards versus God as the principle and source. The distinction is something like this. In one way, God is something before us, in front of us, that we can see. The object of our sight, the object of what we are desiring, versus we're going forward and God is behind us. Not as something seen, but as something leading us, urging us, nudging us, the source of our actions. Do you see how zealous the soul is in this state of abandonment? How fervent the soul is not to sin, not to do something wrong. But it's not because the will of God and what he's promising is clearly and distinctly before the soul. No, there's something else happening. God is nourishing the soul as never before. He's communicating himself as never before. But everything is darkness around us. Everything seems confused. We can't pray as we used to pray. We can't read the way we used to read. 
There seems to be distractions everywhere. And yet, underneath it all, there is this burning desire for fidelity, this interest in being faithful to God, because he's the secret and inspired source of our actions. God does not want us to think that we have it all figured out. God does not want us to rely on our own perceptions, our own confidence in ourselves. He wants us to allow ourselves to be moved and even carried by him. He wouldn't make us walk in the darkness, a darkness that we honestly cannot figure out which way to turn, if he was not going to carry us. <laughs> fact that we're in this darkness, the fact that we can't see where we're going and we're not sure which way to go, he says, should give us even greater confidence. Because now we have to be in his arms. Now, if we're wherever we're going to go, it's got to be through his carrying us, his leading us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.